Okay, I took this from the Smartless podcast. Quick, quick, quick. Ava, three places to buy pizza from. Papa John's Domino's and Leonardo's. Oh, Melina, quick, quick, quick. Three types of cars. Uh, Hondas, Hondas, and Jeeps. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda, quick, quick, quick. Three frozen vegetables. (laughs) There's mixed vegetables, there are sugar snap peas, and there are green beans. All right. Just to name a few. Check. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Cancer Sisters podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Amanda. What, what? Welcome. Okay, so today, twins or sisters? That's right. That's our episode. Um, That's something we get asked and something our guests get asked. So we think it's an appropriate title. So today, we have Nicole's daughters. Two very special (laughs) guests. Two very special, lovely guests. Um, we're going to talk with Beautiful, us. Beautiful, charming, <laughs> funny, smart. Yes, yes. Just a and product so of you. <laughs> and so on. Etc. Etc. et cetera. So um, we're going to ask some questions and they're going to answer. And it's going to be fun because now you guys get to guess who everybody is. Yeah, true. <laughs> but right? the one who sings, everybody knows the one who sings. <laughs> I do. All right, let's get started. Oh, excuse me. At okay. the beginning of every episode, I, one of us coughs. <laughs> <laughs> it's that whole lung cancer thing, or cancer in the lungs thing, you know? Yes. Okay, so first question um, is about me, for the girls. So, separate from Nicole's initial cancer, when they were babes, little babies, <laughs> uh, the first, you know, real cancer episode would have been mine in 2021, where I went through radiation and chemo and, you know, the diagnosis of stage, stage three, rectal cancer, anal cancer. hate those words. Um, so how did you guys feel when that happened? Um, I think my initial reaction was I was just shocked. Like when my mom told me, I kind of just didn't know what to say. Like it was shocked because also at the same time, everyone was telling me that you would be okay. So I was hearing you had cancer, but that you would be okay, that you were going to have treatment and that you would be okay. So I think at first I didn't understand the extent of what you would have to go through and of course, yeah. and all of that. Neither so, did I. Right. So <laughs> I, at first, I don't even think, think that I was in such a state of shock that I wasn't, I was a little numb to my own emotions. Like I wasn't necessarily like super sad or were happy that you were going to be okay or anything. I just kind of was waiting to see what it was going to play out and be. I think later came emotions, but Ava, how did you feel when you first found out? I think very similarly. I mean, I was, of course, like overwhelmed and like shocked to hear that because it was like, well, how, why, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, she's healthy, she doesn't smoke, you know, nothing like, obviously that doesn't play into rectal cancer, but, you know, <laughs> well, nothing. it does, actually. <laughs> it can, well, it can. So, like, none of the unhealthy habits that you see other people getting cancer. Sure. So, that was just a surprise, but also, like, I felt, like Melina said, everyone was saying, like, she's going to be fine, you know, it's not in any way, like, been declared terminal or anything like that, so I was like, 
okay. Like, she'll be fine. And also, you know, you don't live with us. So I didn't get to, like, see the day-to-day effects or how you felt at every moment. So for me, it, like, didn't really, it didn't really hit me. Yeah. That, like, obviously, yeah. No cancer. Cancer is bad. <laughs> we don't want that. But cancer's bad, okay. <laughs> I was totally. I know you were. Cancer's bad. Well, that's a. You know, I understand your feelings because you know that it is. You're sort of numb, and our tendency is to go towards the positive. Because they told me stage three right away, and they explained what that is. But then, also to say like this is a highly curable cancer. I was clinging to those words and. I couldn't have articulated what I was going to go through, uh, you know, the pain and the, you know, going for radiation five days and taking chemo twice a day, five days. And it's, you don't know until you so know. You don't know until you know. So mm-hmm. it's hard to share with anyone in the family, especially what that was going to be, except for like, hey, I'm not going to die, probably. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, know. Yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Could be. <laughs> I think for you two, we kind of packaged it up that way. Like, here's yeah. the bad news, but here's the good news. Because that's kind of how we were dealing with it also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went with your Aunt Amanda and sat in on the initial appointment where they rolled down all the treatment and what it's going to be like and how long it's going to take and what recovery might look like. And um, to include the statistics that you 97, 98% effective was the, the chemo and radiation combo. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of, that was always kind of the message is how we were packaging it. I would say too, I think like as you were speaking and as everyone was speaking, I just kind of realized like growing up, you like to me, I I don't know if I'm going to cry. I'm just going to preface with saying that. We're like the <laughs> head for strength. Like, I just felt like everything, everything mm-hmm. you did, you were so indes- independent and strong. Like, obviously, physically, you bought, like, we saw you with so many muscles. So, like, <laughs> right. you were very, very strong physically. But I think just I like... I a bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say that for all the time. Um, but I think, like, mentally, too, I think that you just were so strong and a lot of times showed us so much strength so when I first like heard the news I knew that like you would be okay no matter what because you were so strong and I think that going through like watching you go through treatment like you embodied exactly that like you were so strong I don't feel like and even in those moments where you were weak and that's okay to show us you know like I was happy to be there and to be like a shoulder to lean on and to hear what was really going on and how you were really feeling, but you still were showing so, so much strength going through treatment and all that. And I think like even now reflecting on it, it was just strength is the word. I mean, I would use for both of you, but yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about resiliency and episode 12, where, (laughs) where it came from. And sometimes we don't exactly know, but I keep saying I'm not a quitter, <laughs> but neither are you. We never have been. We're go-getters. We're doers. So I felt like I had no choice but to just approach my treatment that way. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I have X amount of months and X amount of treatments, and this is what I have to do to get to the other side. 
So you saw her through her treatment and into remission mm-hmm. before my diagnosis. Correct. Yeah, yeah, because that's when we went to Greece. Greece. Oh, and yeah. My cancer, Greece, your cancer. Yeah. Yep. That's the timeline. Yes. Um, but I think before we talk about you, Mama, I think we should talk about your second diagnosis. I mean, going oh, sure. through that. Um, I think that was a lot scarier and I had a lot more emotions, probably because I'd watched my mom go through cancer. So I had more of, like Ava was saying, the day to day and knowing what was actually going on. The actual pain of it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it was really just scary is how to put that. I think because I heard I think right around the time you were in our kitchen and sitting here and very upset and and crying as we kind of all were. Mm -hmm. And just to hear you say, like, I'm going to die. Like, you said it out loud and (laughs) you said it a few times. Yeah. That's when I realized I was like, this isn't the same. You go. (laughs) Type right in the talk. No, for sure the same exact feelings. And I also feel like, you know, compared to the first, like this being more intensive and it's like, you know, metastasized from your other cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's also a more serious part of cancer. You know, if it's benign, that's a different thing. But because it metastasized, that's also, it made it scarier. And the fact like when you're going through... Rectal cancer, like, you didn't show. You know, so, like... Still like on my face? <clears throat> like, with yeah, my hair? With Excuse your hair. Me. Like, it just, you know, it was... Like, looking at you, I like, you still, like, looked to me, you know, normal. So, it also didn't, like, hit, hit me as hard as, mm-hmm. like, now. And, like, you still are very beautiful. <laughs> and I love you. your hair as... <laughs> Little fuzzy, <laughs> but you know Soft. it's it's like oh wow this is real. Mm-hmm. It makes it it makes it more real to like see the change. Well, interesting that you brought that up because like that was a big part of what was hard for me about losing my hair mm-hmm. was the first time. Like especially when I went back to work, people were like, "Oh, you lost so much weight!" Like they didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. The people that didn't know didn't yeah. know it was attributed oh, to you cancer. You look really good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I lost twenty pounds. Well, this time I gained twenty you pounds and eating. lost my hair. <laughs> but the, but I couldn't be incognito. That was like mm-hmm. the that's been the hard part for me because now anywhere I go, even if I have a wig on, like people are gonna know. Yeah. You said you said you didn't want the pity. You didn't want people to look at you. No, I don't. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That strength. People are like. But that's also, I mean, yeah. not to not to say, oh, good, now you have perspective, but <laughs> but I mean, now we have a different perspective. Not like I didn't before, not like you guys didn't before, but there is something to be said to seeing seeing people with obvious differences out in public mm-hmm. and not looking that beat longer, not letting them see you take a second look or look at you know just knowing right. that you if you you see you know you see somebody who's struggling help them but don't just stare at them right 
And I don't get upset about it. I have, I've seen people double take me a few times and, you know, sometimes you don't, if you... I think it was your knee scooter, really, they were looking at. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With the pink basket and streamers and everything. It's just, but like, you know, I know I've looked at people before and a beat too long and said, and said to myself, oh, I wonder what phase of treatment they're in, like by how their hair looked, you know, mm-hmm. I've thought things like that, so... I know people are doing it without trying to be malicious or insensitive. Yeah, Yeah. but I definitely felt like this is anywhere I go now, especially with a boot on. I look like... Not for long. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It also also warrants questions. Yes. Anyone, you know, they can visibly see it. Your foot's broken. So they're going to ask questions, which... Then you have to answer. You technically have to, but you're like, right? Screw you, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm answering you. I got the cancer. That's what Monica and would say. And then I'm gonna podcast. And I'm gonna podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the other part of that question then is, um, after having watched your aunt Amanda go through it, and then me having to come home from my colonoscopy and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to guess they reacted in a way like I did. Yeah. Which was Um, WTF in giant letters. (laughs) I know I'm going to cry for sure about talking about this because I'm going to bring up like exactly when we found out. Yeah, I remember it so clearly. Um, But we weren't together. So you were away. You were in Columbus Mm -hmm. in a hotel room and we were at the Chestnuts. Mm -hmm. And... Martha wasn't there because she was she was at camp. She was at camp. So it was us and JJ and John and Sam. And Dad got the call and he went outside. And he was outside for a while. And for a while. And I could just tell like the way that he was standing and his mm-hmm. body movements, I knew that like whatever news it was, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And then he came inside and said that you had a cancer and that it was the same as Aunt Amanda's and he just burst into tears. And seeing, like, and Jen immediately starts crying and is hugging him and I didn't know, <clears throat> I didn't know how to react or what do I just, like, walked out of the house. I walked out and stood out back and walked away from the windows and just cried for a few minutes by myself because normally in that situation I would have been with Martha. She wasn't there and obviously I could have turned to Ava but sometimes I just feel like I'm supposed to be the stronger older sister so breaking down I didn't feel like at that moment was an option. Obviously I felt that now it probably would have been better if we had been together but at the moment I felt like I needed to process that stuff on my own. I don't know what I would have done if we hadn't been at the Chestnuts, though. I think being there with them was where we were supposed to be when we found out that news. I think they have just always shown so much support, and so to be there and just to know that they felt it almost as much as we did Mm -hmm. was really important, I think. Um, You know you guys never told me any of this. I know, which is why I knew I was going to cry because we, <laughs> we even talked about it. Also, part of like 
how like crazy was that we were there when we heard that news was we were there when we heard that Grandpa G died. Oh, I didn't know that. So it like felt very emotional. Yeah. I didn't actually cry when I found out because everyone around me was crying and I was like tearing up, but I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I didn't know, like, I didn't want to cry in front of everyone because I don't like to cry in front of people. So <laughs> I just, you know, kind of just like stood there. I don't even remember what I did, but I just, you know, I watched Jen and dad hug and cry. And I was just like, and I, Melina walked out and I knew that she was crying because that's what she does. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so good. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Today's um, Get Yourself Together break brought to you by Members Mark Facial Tissue. Quality you deserve. <laughs> oh, goodness. That ad was not paid, but uh, Members Mark, hit us up. <laughs> um, <laughs> now that we have dried our tears and blown our noses. <laughs> um, I think in general, the reason that we reacted that way, the reason it was so much scarier is because we watched Aunt Amanda go through treatment, the exact same cancer. So I think we had more of a realistic reaction, you know, because we, when we found out about yours, we didn't know what, to expect what was going right, to go on. You were on. working with actual details. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this time, like, we actually knew what was going to happen and it was also just kind of a, a what the heck moment because why, why did ex- almost exactly a year later did you get diagnosed with the exact same cancer that she mm-hmm. had to go through? It just was wild and I think it, like, just hit us all at once. You know, there's a lot of emotions to process because there's, like, anger, confusion, sadness, denial. Yeah. Yeah, so all of those. Is that five stages of grief? <laughs> <laughs> it basically You're is. getting there. <laughs> um, acceptance. <laughs> anger, acceptance, yeah. I think watching you go through treatment, um, I wasn't living here at the time because I was at school. Mm-hmm. Um but I was home as much as I could be. So I was at least home twice a week. Um, and I felt like I needed to be, because obviously I don't feel, looking back on it now, I know that it wouldn't have been different if I had been here or not, because I was here a lot. But I felt a tremendous amount of guilt for not being home. Yeah, and you talked to me about that a couple times, and I was like, I remember telling you, like, Melina, you, I know you're going to feel guilty, but you just can't. Like, there's, you didn't, you're not controlling this. Like, you're going to school. You're not going to live at home. It's, you know, you're, you're living by school. You go to school. It's fine. And, and that's just, I was just trying to talk you down <laughs> I would have said the same thing if you had talked to me about it yeah I mean that's you, yeah, your mom wanted probably you probably why you didn't talk to me about it yeah yeah well and we I, also I didn't knew. want to talk about the yeah details with you we didn't want to add the pressure to you and I know you have said now that like you want to know and you want to know how we felt and 
you wish we had talked to you, but I, again, it's, it's, I know. (laughs) And again, I know that this wasn't the correct way to feel, but I did, I felt selfish putting those emotions on you because you're with, you're the one actually going through treatment and you're the one that actually has cancer. So like, yes, we were dealing with what was going on with you, but we weren't the ones experiencing cancer and having to go through that. So putting how we felt and how upset we were by it all on you felt selfish because why should we burden burden you with how we feel when you're the one actively going through it? So I think like that's where it was really tough and where a lot of the guilt from not being here came from because I felt like I needed to be here more. And I, I know that if I did talk to you, you would have said the same thing that David did because she was kind of seeing it through what I your eyes. Um, but I think overall just like watching you go through treatment was really tough because again, me being home as much as I was, Ava being here, we saw the daily toll that it took Mm -hmm. and you not working and you being home, but wanting to work, but not being physically able to, and it's just being tired and sleeping a lot and something that you like never did. Right. So, you didn't really have. Not a napper, generally speaking. So, I think that was tough because obviously your routine changed and there was already so much changing. And and to know that you couldn't be fully you, not that I needed you to be, but that you couldn't do all the things that you love to do because of cancer, because of this horrible thing that was going on. And I also felt like during that whole thing, just, we'll get to it eventually, but that I couldn't really talk, like, lean on a ton of my friends, so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. talk about that some more. Um, <laughs> but I think after now looking at colon cancer, again, I, I hear people tell me all the time, but I already knew it, that you're so strong and resilient and being able to go through all that um, and still be our mama. And. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but let's brief, we don't need to talk about it a ton, but we can briefly touch on your second diagnosis. Well, I guess third, technically. Ava has some thoughts. Sorry. Like, Ava has thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like to cut me off. <laughs> I was just going to say, you were born. yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, you know, as she was saying, her major feeling was guilt. For me, it was more so like denial. I didn't really want to accept the fact that she was in pain and not herself. So the way that I tried to deal with that was being normal and not letting it affect me. I'm good. <laughs> and also okay. trying okay. not to be a bratty teenager. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's normally how I am with her. <laughs> From my perspective and what I heard your mom say, though, there you did act differently. Mm-hmm. You weren't in complete denial because you you didn't let the little stuff like make you snap back for the you know and be kind of sharp to her. You were loving. You would offer hugs. Uh, yeah. things so rare for anyone that likes, wants to know Ava's not a hugger so but next it, to me on the couch yeah 
She'll do that. I, I, <laughs> I get lots of hug, hugs even more than I would have, too, though, because, you know, I'm going through it, too. <laughs> so, in case, right. case anyone here didn't know. Because chemo. Because chemo. Because yeah. cancer. So, I do think, you know, it, you did allow it to, you know, you were showing your love, even if you were trying to hold it, like, tight to the vest, so to speak. Yeah. I think I just... Yeah, I just tried not to let it, you know, even at school, like, I didn't really tell anyone. I didn't really want to tell anyone. Because in a way, like, again, like, denial, like, made it real. So. Who did you tell? Um. Well, this was, what, this was junior year for me? Yeah. Or was it, this was senior year? senior year. So. Um, beginning of the year, I told Eliza and your new dance teacher. Yes. And then I eventually told the seniors. You told your soccer coach. Well, yeah, <laughs> I did. But like, it took a while for me to like tell the seniors, but I, that's about it. I don't really senior think dancers, your senior friends. dancer. I didn't really mm-hmm. tell any of like the. The junior dancers, I don't think. Because I just, it, like, didn't feel like I needed to. Like, as much as, like, we, like, grew closer throughout the year, like, I still didn't really reveal that. Because I didn't really want to be vulnerable with them. Did you sit all the seniors down and tell them all at once? No. I did it at different times. I think one of the times I was in the dressing room with a couple of them. I don't remember who. I don't <laughs> what times. But it, it, I just know it wasn't all at once. <clears throat> I just, I just kind of like was like, oh, hey, by the way, I've been a little off lately because <laughs> my mom has cancer. So, and they were like, oh my gosh, Ava. And I was like, it's fine. Is it? Is it? Did you find support, though? You were a little bit vulnerable with your friends. Did you find support from them? Or did you find they didn't know how to deal with it? Well, I just... No I didn't, judgment want to. I didn't want to find out if they were going to like be there for me or not. So I really didn't lean on anyone. I would say, like, Martha was probably my biggest supporter because I've known her for so long. She's there for me without making me talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. So, like... And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, not everybody knows how to do it. It's just to sit with somebody when they're upset. You know, Or even just, like, being around her and hanging out. Like, you know, just having someone there and not making anything emotional, you know, or talking about anything related to your cancer. She did, you know, try and get me to talk about it a couple times and ask me how I was feeling. And I was like, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> but she knows what that means, which is why it's so great. You're not okay, but you don't want to talk. Yeah. And she would always say, like, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'm here for you. And I love you. And you always can if you want. <laughs> she really does say that a lot. <laughs> she oh, does. It means that's that's really... Sometimes all you need to hear, yeah. right? Yeah. So having that, you know, at your age is rare. 
yeah. rare and special. Mm -hmm. That's why Martha is our rare and special friend. How <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, about you? About people? Who did you talk to? And You kind of alluded to maybe not a lot of great understanding. Yeah. Um, I talked with Jenna about it, mm -hmm. who's my roommate, my best friend. She knows. Yeah. Um, I mean, she knows what it is. Yeah, her mom went through breast cancer in high school. Um, and I'm not gonna... When Jenna was in high school. When Jenna, when Jenna was in high school. Jenna was in high school, her mom went through breast cancer. I didn't even know that. Um, it was just her mom and her living together. Her brother had just moved out and moved to Indiana, and her dad and her mom are not together. So I don't want to like get too much into it, but Je Jenna was her mom's, basically her mom's sole caretaker. Mm -hmm. Jenna shaved her mom's head. Jeva Jenna... Aww went through all of those emotions as a senior and junior, a senior in high school, mm -hmm. you know, like ended up leaving her volleyball team because she, she couldn't cope. She couldn't do both because she was going too much was happening at home. So we have a lot. She's someone that I can talk to. And I think that because she understands it's again, what I was saying with Martha, like we can just sit there mm -hmm. and be quiet if we need to be. We can, we do a lot of talking and crying. That happens a lot. <laughs> and people say all the time, they're like, why do you guys cry all the time? I'm like, because we love each other so much. We don't understand. It just spills out of our eyes. <laughs> but I think like she's been like personally my biggest support through all of this. Like, I think when I said when you were going through colon cancer and I was home a lot, when I would come back to our house, I was typically in a a bad mood. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I most of the time went straight to my room, shut the door, and didn't come out until I knew that no one was in the hallway and I wouldn't talk to anybody. Um, just because I needed to be alone. I didn't, and Jenna respected that. You know, she mm -hmm. understood what I was going through and, and let me have my space. And when I didn't need my space, she was there. When I, when you told me over the phone about your lung cancer, Jenna was there. So I walked away. You hung up on me. I hung up on you. I walked away. You said I, goodbye. <laughs> you didn't hang up, hang up. Oh. You said, I need to call you back. I cried. I came back. I told Jenna I needed a hug. And then I called you back and talked to you about it. Mm -hmm. um, I think other than that, all of my friends... My friends at school, Jenna's the only person that like I would say is like always there for me. I have lots of other friends at school that I would consider my friends, mm -hmm. but a lot of the time it's we see each other when we're going out or we see each other passing in for classes. And we talk, but most of the time it's not really deep conversation that we all get into. Sure, yeah. So there were a few people where I do feel like I just dropped the bomb. Like I, I don't know that there was any other way to say it, um, that I would basically just be like, my mom's cancer, I'm fine. I just felt like maybe you, you needed to know. We're all familiar with dropping it, like dropping the news like yeah. that. <laughs> and so, but I think it's better Jenna, than I did to Ava. Jenna talked a lot about how she didn't feel like really when she went through it that any of her friends were really there for her. Um, she, she felt like, you know, she, no one really checked on her. Oh. And I, I would say one of, like, Jenna was one of the only people that 
checked like through my friends that checked on me repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's also because I didn't let, I didn't show what was going on to any of my friends. I didn't let them in to know that I was really, really struggling. Mm -hmm. um, but like, Jenna was living with me, so she saw that all and realized what was going on. I would say another big part of my support system in a little, like not in a little way, because I don't want to minimize what he did, but Mike McKee, who is a basketball coach for women's basketball at Kent. Oh, yeah. Um, his mom went through cancer when he was in college. Mm -hmm. So he did a lot of the back and forth. And because he knew what was going on, he checked on me a lot. It's really that's, sweet. It's very that sweet. It is very sweet. And that's kind of what I was, I made a little bit light of it when I was talking to your Aunt Amanda, but it's perspective. I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, it's how you think of it. You've, you've gained a perspective and you guys forever will be beautiful friends for people who are going through difficult things. Yeah. I think before I like move on from it though, I just want to like... Mike would all, like, he always knew what I was going through. Like, whenever I'd see him, he'd make sure he checked on me and asked how you were and how I was doing. I don't know why my voice just lifted like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had a baseball game this spring. It was, like, right at the end of the season, so it was in May-ish. So it would have been after your, your diagnosis for lung cancer. Um, mm. You know, he asked me how I was doing, and I was like, I'm fine. It's fine. And he was like, it's not fine. And you're not fine. And it's okay to not be fine. And that was big to hear it from someone who wasn't necessarily watching me go through every moment. Mm -hmm. He just knew and knew that it was okay not to be okay. Which was just a really big part. I felt like it played a big part in... The support I received from others and knowing that it was okay mm -hmm. to not be okay. That's that's a that really might, good message for a lot of people to hear. That might be a highlight and underline. Right, a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> we do that, you know, on our podcast and like underline this, highlight it, even write though, that down. Yeah, write it down. <laughs> highlight, underline. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a concept that I struggle with myself because I don't even know why, because it's not like anyone really told me when I was younger like you gotta be strong like don't cry nothing like that it's just how I think mm -hmm. I feel like I need to be <laughs> I need to be strong and I don't like to cry in front of people I don't like to show any vulnerabilities or weakness it's the way you're crafted. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a fun, oh, it's a, it's yeah. A fun I had process. I think it had something to do with it, but not consciously. <laughs> Just the way you're crafted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we want to move on to another question? Or do we feel like... Do we take a deep breath? Um, <laughs> you guys have kind of answered along the way some of the other questions we have. But um, has... What's been the what's been the the hardest thing about this? I mean, you guys have been through now two years of having to deal with cancer in our family, so um 
I would say the hardest part about this is probably that it right now feels like there's no end. Like it is just been oh, yeah. having to watch you guys struggle through so much for so long is probably the hardest part because it just is kind of a why and why are why is this happening and why are we all going through this and why is it still going on? Yeah. Why do we still have to, have to <laughs> Cheers to this? that one. <laughs> so I, I think that's a little bit I would say that's the hardest thing about like the whole experience. But another really hard thing would just be watching you both go through it all and having to process those emotions and deal with that as I'm still having to go to work because I have to pay rent and I'm still having to go to classes and my professors don't care what I'm going through and well that might not be entirely true well yeah but yeah <laughs> they don't so. <laughs> yeah yeah I think for me oh gosh I'm gonna cry <laughs> um the hardest part has been going to college no because, you know, I having to be there for my mom, I've gotten really close with her. I think when I was younger, I was a lot closer with my dad. I'm still close with him, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Because he's more similar to me in the way that he reacts to things. He, you know... Gets, he can get pretty angry. I can get pretty angry. <laughs> he likes to be sarcastic. I like to be sarcastic. You know. Oh, I like sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at sarcasm. Just, I, I always felt that way. But, you know, then, you know, sitting and watching Jane the Virgin with my mom. <laughs> like, it just. We watched how many seasons? Five seasons in one summer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of her. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I felt, you know, gotten really close with her. And so, like, leaving for college is extremely hard, especially when I, I don't know what I want to do. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a big time in your life. It is, it's a lot. Yeah, and you don't have to have it figured out. But you're talking about this, and this is a huge step. Like, yeah. and you, you can tell your therapist you, about this. <laughs> Seriously, like you guys, and you guys communicating, and her, her understanding more. You know how it feels for you when you have to go back to school. I. It's not a. It's not a bright. I mean, it's hard to say that it's a bright side. Um, and I guess I keep saying that throughout this whole podcast. It's like what you gain from what you gain from it you know you take the good you take the bad you take them both and there you have the facts of life <laughs> facts of life that was so fast <laughs> you had to breathe after that deep breaths um it's it's been I don't know what the right word for it is it's been a treasure I don't know that we would have spent as much time together this summer if I wasn't at home on the couch I would agree. That's I feel very lucky to have gotten so close to you. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And that we, you know, had this. <laughs> it's your sister's job to mock you. <laughs> 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 We're both laughing. Laughing to 
together. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. We understand that. As well. I had this thought earlier, though. I mean, because when I asked you before we got started, like the first time you went through this, the girls were alive. But Ava was only like six months old, right? So there's. I was two years old. Right. You were not even two. Yeah, there's a big difference. Um, You know, they don't even remember it. Mm -mm. But I think there is a little bit of a blessing into the ages that they are now, as even both of us going through this, but you especially, because um, that's. It's an. You guys are forming more of an adult relationship with your mom. Which I didn't get to do with, like, dad, per se. Like, I can remember, like, vividly when we were sharing an office together at Highlander. And I finally was like, cut the crap. And, like, here's how it's going to (laughs) be. And, like, broke the ice with dad. And we were forever in so much of a better place together in our relationship. And so, you know, and at some point I apologized for mom for my jerky years and you know, you usually are <laughs> further into your 20s when you have that kind of experience with your parents. And the girls get a chance to have a little more um, adult interaction with you now. I do think it's unfortunately caused you to grow up a little bit faster. Well, I would always say I was quite mature. I would say that too. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I think in general, my friends through high school didn't understand my relationship with you. Um, what do you be- mean? Because I told you everything. Oh, they still don't understand that. They still don't understand <laughs> And I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I've always had a different relationship with you than my friends have had with their moms. I've, and I'm very blessed and very lucky that you are so understanding and have, were there for me, but it was always a different relationship, which was great. I told you everything and my friends were like, why did you do that? You got in trouble. And I'm like, but she needed to know because she's my mom. And I felt like she needed to know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Ava doesn't even understand. No, yep. Ava does no, not. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't tell her everything. So you you said what? Things. I know. And I love you, but I'm like, yeah, you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> well, I just feel like because you live 30 minutes away. I'm not going to see you soon enough. It's fine. All right. Let's go, <laughs> let's go back to when we watched. <laughs> All right. <laughs> TV together. Yeah. So that was one of the things I was wondering about is, you know, kind of how it has changed your college experience. You guys kind of spoke about it a little bit. Yeah. I... I think a lot of times, too, Gemma had to keep reminding me last year, you know, I'd be like, I don't know that I want to go do this, you know, like when we would do a weekend trip to WVU or even just like going out, I'd be like, I, it, it again, felt selfish that I was doing all these things that were so fun for me while you were at home going through treatment. So I think I've faced a lot of, again, guilt about those things because going out and having fun with my friends and doing all these things when and it also felt like they don't know what I'm going through and by parading myself about and seeing seeming like I'm having all this fun it it felt like they're not going to know what I'm going through because I'm not even showing that I'm upset and so that was something um that's confusing, but had you yeah. said it to me, I would have said, you well, know, so thank you, Jenna. Yeah. I would have said, yeah, she was always like, you have to go out. You have, have to, fun. You have to, your mom would want you to be a normal 
college student. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that was kind of difficult. It's not affected really my schoolwork or my coursework or anything like that. I can proudly say... You guys are geniuses. (laughs) I can proudly say that I'm very on top of my schoolwork. My coworkers and my bosses for facilities make fun of me because I am the opposite of of procrastinator because I'll do my assignments like a week earlier and they're like, what do you mean you already have an assignment done and it's due in a week? I'm like, because I don't procrastinate five-page papers. You guys are dummies. (laughs) That's also the way you were put together. (laughs) But I think like... So because I'm on top of my schoolwork and because I set schedules for myself and make to-do lists and do all of those things, I, even when I was having a bad night, like it was okay to not do schoolwork and have a bad night because I was ahead on my schoolwork. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it never really affected Students, me. write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never really affected me in that sense. It just, I think it affected me in, in the way of like, why am I allowed to go out and do all these things and have fun and... It was that guilt part is how it probably affected me the most. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to add? Did I cover it? Uh, Well, just just barely. Yeah, exactly. I think for, you know, it hasn't really affected college besides just going to college. Maybe the joy around going to college. You've been feeling like there's a little cloud over it. Yeah, and there's other parts of college that have been tough, but that's not, you know, really because of my mom or Aunt It's more so you're a little introverted. Yeah, it's maybe <laughs> it's also because I've had a best friend since I was born. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need any others. What is this accent? That's not true. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I... You know, yeah. I don't want to, and I never had to, because I've had one. So anyone I've ever met and been like, you could be my friend. It's like I already have a best friend, so I don't really need to spend time with you. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on that. We're working on that. That's a topic for a a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's just it's always been tough for me to. You know, to go out and make friends. Because I've always had someone to fall back on. Not fall back on. I see that. But, yeah. We know know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And she knows what I mean. Yeah. Besides what we've uh, uh, identified, has this changed your perspective on anything? On life in general? On life and death? On, um, you know, uh, your Aunt Amanda and I have talked a lot about faith. Even in this, even in episode 12. Yeah. Um, has it brought up any big questions? Have you shoved them all down? I mean, what? It's a loaded question, but what do you think? I think in a way it's like clarified my dreams and hopes for the future and kind of put a fire under my butt to make sure that those actually happen and I keep pursuing them. Um, you know, things like wanting a family and wanting to be married and those things to my future career goal being I want to be in the Secret Service. So actually working on attaining that goal instead of just saying this is what I want to do and hoping that it works out. I want to be running miles and I want to be lifting and I need to make sure I'm physically fit and working on observing the things around me and Mm -hmm. hopefully making the connections that are needed to do that. So I think 
and and that way I just want to attain what I need to, to in life. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of anything else. Maybe it'll come back to me. Ava, do you have an answer? Um, I really don't know. I don't know if it's really made anything, you know, come up about me. If anything's just like reinforced everything I've always, you know, known or had, like as a kid, I've always had a very weird perspective on death. Like, I, I can't even describe the, the weird things. An example, I guess, would be, like, if I'm driving in a car, I'm always thinking about, okay, if I crash and there's a fire, how would I get out of the car? Or if someone T-bones me, could I speed up and not get T-boned? Or if I'm in my room, okay, my bedroom window goes out onto the roof. So if there's a fire, I can get out of the house safely. I could also yell down the stairs and tell everyone there's a fire, shut my door and get out of the house. I don't even know why I do this, but I'm always like, had that like, I'm not gonna die. I'm very, very, very scared of death. So if anything, like, you know. It made it scarier? Or, or you're saying because you already think about uh, tragic circumstances <laughs> that this it didn't really change anything for you. Yeah, which I is think, fine. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not I, judging. I don't here. really think it has, and I think in a sense it made like I was like for both situations I was like you know, they're not gonna die, like it's like it they'll be fine they'll have treatment they're they're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And so you're writing that down. We're highlighting it. <laughs> We're underlining it. We're manifesting it. Six exclamation points. <laughs> like that progressive commercial where they show a text in all caps and he shouts it to the group. <laughs> We're going to be fine. That's what it sounds like when you text in all caps. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Um, so we're going to go back and record a disclaimer at the beginning. Everyone should get a box get of tissues, tissues maybe, from <laughs> Members Market. <laughs> Facial tissues. Quality you deserve. <laughs> we're not sponsored, but we could be. <laughs> Thank you both for um, coming, well, coming here, coming away from school. <laughs> To sit and talk with us. <laughs> yeah. I know. And to be really honest and uh, share your thoughts and feelings. There, I know um, this not necessarily been a listener question, but but people who care about us often ask um, how you guys are doing or how you're dealing with it. And as I've mentioned, now you, they know you haven't really said. So yeah. and it's been a it's been a <laughs> gift to me. Really, if you now you know for the future, if you want your daughters to talk to you, just turn the record back. <laughs> Make a podcast. Make a podcast. Here podcast it. Podcast. Exactly. Well, as always, thank you for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, we appreciate it. Until next time. Bye. bye.